Gabriel knows as much about University of Kentucky athletics as any human being I know. <laughs> Watson, we're going to tell a story on our old friend C.M. Newton. You ready for this? Yeah. When he was the athletic director at Kentucky, he was all over me one night at dinner. Uh, I had gone up to Lexington over the fact that sports talk radio, he said, was, quote, pooled ignorance. And I, I fired back with, you're jealous. You don't have a show and you're trying to figure out how to get one. Well, Dick ended up hosting. Suddenly, Coach Newton got his own show, The Big Blue Line, in the summer. Dick, take it from there. Yeah, he, uh, he wanted to hear from Vox Populi. He wanted to hear from the people. So we did basically all the shows back then were The Big Blue Line, the CM Newton show. And he talked to the people and the people talked to him. So it, it wasn't necessarily him and me weighing in on the relative merits of these coaching decisions or whatever. It was me asking him about running the, the program, essentially second guessing, you know, devil's advocate kind of stuff. So what was great that came out of that was that he took copious notes the way George said he did all the time on, on whenever he was on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, but people would call in eventually. They'd even talk about coaches, complain. They had just been hit by the NCAA, which why, of course, he was there. Complain about that. But also complain a lot about the football games. Why is the coffee cold? Why do we keep running out of hot chocolate? Why are the bathrooms not bigger? And one of the complaints that kept coming up, Coach, were the hot dogs. Apparently, the hot dogs were terrible. Uh, you know, I, I'm not personally a hot dog guy at the ball games because I'm working, so I didn't know much about it. He, he wrote it all down, went back to his people, said, why are our hot dogs? Why are they terrible? Nobody had an answer. So he came up with the idea to have a taste test. And on the first game of the following year, or might have been the spring game, they had several vendors come in and set up and put their best hot dog forward. And the company that won the rights, won the bid to supply hot dogs for the next however many years to then Commonwealth Stadium was a mom and pop outfit in Ohio. And they were the new vendor, the new hot dog supplier for Commonwealth Stadium. So, you know, if it's pooled ignorance, so be it. But I think the, the, the hot dog pallets of Kentucky fans everywhere could thank Sam Newton. Watson, if I had known that back then, I'd have worn him out about <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to add to the story, guys. My wife, who's been to you can't imagine how many games through my time, she can tell you. We're the number one hot dog, the number two hot dog, the number three hot dog. She can go down a list and tell you what stadium has the best hot dog. So no it's a little bigger deal than maybe we're we're giving it credit for. CM may have fixed something that needed to be fixed right Absolutely. There. I didn't even think about it, Coach. And then I thought, well, you know what? There's nothing worse than standing in line, you know, either missing some of the game or, or, or standing in the big line at halftime. And going back to your seat and uncurling this horrible monstrosity, you know, this, this ballpark steak that you've been waiting for. And it's horrible. It. So, uh, yeah. I love it. CM did well by – he did right by his people. God bless the big blue line. So, is Kentucky treating Saturday as kind of their Super Bowl? Uh, fans might be, but in talking with Mark Stoops, 
first of all, they don't have to, you know, get excited because clearly it's it's the third ranked team in the country. It's Tennessee. There's a little bit of comeuppance uh, factor there, but you know they don't really live like that. Uh, Kentucky fans, I think, are maybe a little intimidated by the thought because they've seen Tennessee play and they've seen Kentucky's defense struggle at times, but it put its best uh, effort together against Mississippi State, which, as you guys know, is not easy with that offense, although uh, they kind of laid an egg against Alabama as well. But if you look at the second half, of the Ole Miss game, the comeback by Kentucky, which was complete and then taken away by the penalty, was because of the defense. I think, George and Coach, you throw out the South Carolina game up here in horse country like you throw out a bad horse race. You know, they just had lost their quarterback. They lost their star linebacker. They were not mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to play. Came back and bounced back big against Mississippi State. So, you know, Everybody knows this is a huge game. If you have any hope at all of staying alive in the SEC East, and it's minute, you got to win this one. And it's a tall order. Dick, nobody really has had a lot of success or gotten a handle on Tennessee when Tennessee's on offense. What kind of wrinkles do you think Mark Stoops and that defense will try to show Tennessee to at least slow them down a little bit? And that's all they can do. You can't stop them. You know that. The Hypo's put together a terrific offense. What a what a find out of the portal, Hendon Hooker, who we saw playing for Virginia Tech back in the Belk Bowl when, when Lynn Bowden was here. And he was good, but he wasn't good like he is here. So great people around him, great scheme, uh, great play calling, and great athletic ability. So to your to your question, what Kentucky has done at times, George, is blitz from the edge, send a safety, send a corner. They did that a little bit against Mississippi State. And as you know, you can pay the price for that. But they executed it well. They got good play up front, which they haven't always gotten this year. But, buddy, you got to pick your poison against Tennessee, and you better believe Hooker knows how to escape that. The other thing is, uh, you know, who's going to – do they spy in and Hooker? They're going to have to. Uh, you know, and the guy who was best suited to that, Jacquez Jones, the linebacker, he's gone for most of the year, if not all. He might be back for the bowl game, but he would have been one of the perfect guys, he and DeAndre Square, to, to accept that role. So, you know, trying to bring trying to bring extra pressure is about really uh, the only thing they can do. Now they can disguise coverages, but, Coach, you know more about that than I do. Dick, if, first of all, what level of health – is well Levis right now. And secondly, what are the pro scouts telling you halfway, a little more than halfway through the season about how high is Will Levis going to go in the draft? Well, to answer your second question first, they they do believe he's a first-round pick. You know, he's gotten better at decision-making. That was his downfall last year, no question about that. But he's got the size, the skill. As they say, he can make all the throws – uh, you know, that's the, no higher praise for a quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a great leader. He really is. And it kind of surprised us in the media because he got here late last summer and almost immediately won over his teammates and was named a, a co-captain. And that just doesn't happen. You know that a guy. Hey, guys, my name is. And the next thing you know, he's a captain uh, to the first part of your question. I've, I've talked to people who have had turf toe 
and it's different whoever you talk to every every you know person's turf toe is different from somebody else's but it, it's essentially the same and it just takes elongated rest to make it go away so i think it's always going to hurt him it's always going to be sore but he didn't show any ill effects from that against mississippi state as you can tell dick gabriel is wired to the university of kentucky athletic situations watson say hello to him dick thanks for coming on again and i i've said all week that this is going to be the toughest coaching job for coach heupel because this Georgia thing, everybody's talking about it. Everybody. And um, you can't keep that away from your players with social media the way it is in the wor this world today. And this game for Kentucky is a loose, go see if we can knock them off. It's our rival. Everything rolls into, for them to play well Saturday. There's no reason for them not to. Right. And um, so I think they're going to catch a, a – Kentucky at maybe their best in any of the SEC games so far. And I think the way you stop Tennessee, Dick, is you can't – you just cannot give up the big play. Right. You've got to keep the ball in front of you. You've got to make them earn everything they get. And that's not easy. I understand that with those big splits and they get caught in one-on-ones out there. But at the same time, everybody's giving them easy scores. Everybody. And they – Kentucky's got to figure that out. They've had an open date, which really helps playing yep. an offense that's different than you see every week. That's going to help Kentucky. And I think it's everybody's talking Tennessee offense to Kentucky defense. I think it's on the other side. If Kentucky runs for 200 or more and Levis plays his best game, they'll keep this thing tight. And when it gets tight, the pressure is totally on Tennessee, not Kentucky in this game. So I'm looking at the Kentucky running game and the quarterback play as the two big pieces that can keep Kentucky in the game in the fourth quarter. No surprise that I think you've nailed it because, and, and Stoops has essentially said the same thing. Go back and look at last year's game. Explosive plays put Kentucky in a deep hole, including a touchdown bomb on the first play of the game when two Kentucky defenders miscommunicated, collided, and then there's a Tennessee receiver running free to the end zone. And yet Kentucky had a pass in the air, guys, at the end of the game that could have won it. Uh, you know, So they came all the way back. They got involved in a track meet. You cannot do that. So to your point, Coach, about the run game, yes, if they can control the clock, if they can move the chains with Rodriguez and his backups, then they'll be able to keep that Tennessee offense where you need it, and that's on the sideline. Uh, they cannot get into a, a back-and-forth, you know, try-not-to-break-serve kind of game with Tennessee because that's what happened last year. Kentucky had 600 yards of offense, dominated time of possession, and still lost last year so move the chains do not turn the ball over and that means will levis has to make good decisions proper reads proper throws and he's much better at that this year plus guys he while he had wandale robinson last year who's dynamic you see him now in the nfl he has a better core of receivers now maybe the best george that i've seen since i've been in kentucky maybe since the the, the uh, andre woodson days under Rich Brooks, or all the way back to Frank Kersey. They've got depth at receiver and guys who can burn it. Yeah, and and Dick, I, I go back 
This is what I see, and I'm not saying Kentucky's going to win the game, but I think I think this is going to be Tennessee's toughest. Kentucky has yet to play a really good SEC game yet. Right, they played well at against Star and Star against Mississippi State, but they yep. they're still offensively got a game in them. Yep. There's a game there that they haven't played yet. They played poorly, in my opinion, a lot of the game at Ole Miss and should have won. Yes, and then of course South Carolina. And you go back and look at Tennessee. Who's the team that's played on the best? Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida kept the ball, made some big third down plays, and stayed in the game. And quarterback played well that day. I think that's the recipe to hang with Tennessee. And uh, I'm anxious to see because I think the Kentucky style is one that fits playing Tennessee better than two teams just ran back and letting it go. That's right. We'll we'll see if I'm right or wrong, but that's the way I see it. I agree with you because in Oxford, they could not have been their own worst enemy. It was so terrible. Should have won the game. Absolutely. Uh, In the first half. Then in the second half, Coach, they did what you talked about. They they controlled the tempo. They controlled the game with with Rodriguez. The Kentucky defense uh, came alive in the second half and that Kentucky O-line, which up until then was much maligned and then threw in a stinker against South Carolina, but against Ole Miss, the O-line wore down Ole Miss. Yep. And so that second half against Ole Miss uh, was, was almost heroic the way they came back, although they had dug a big hole themselves. Now they got to do it for 60 minutes against Tennessee. It's a tall order. We haven't even talked about Nayland stadium. That place is going to be nuts. Oh, it, it's, the other night, Dick, is I put it maybe in the top one, two, three of all time with yeah. the Alabama game. Yeah. That atmosphere from start to finish. And then when it's over and all that orange on the field, <laughs> I, I got to put that right up there with, and I've seen a ton of them. I know. And I would put that right up there all time in a one night deal. That one's got to be up there for me. Well, and, and keep in mind, and this is courtesy of Mr. Tom Leach, our play-by-play guy who's so great with, with research, only three times. This will be the third time Kentucky plays Tennessee with both teams ranked. And the last time they did it was back in the 50s. You know. And to go back to your original question, George, about the Super Bowl, uh, Tom also found a passage in, in, in Bear Bryant's book about the fact that while Bear was at Kentucky, the only team he couldn't really handle was Tennessee. And he only beat them once. He admitted Tennessee got into his head. And and one year he had the scout team wearing orange jerseys and he painted the goalposts orange at their practice field. He (laughs) he just let it, let it get to him. And and it had a terrible side effect. So uh, I don't really think you need to do anything like that to get these guys ready, especially because they've had an extra week now to hear how Tennessee is going to kick their butts. Yep. Okay. Before we end it, Tell me about Sheboy and the and the Hoops boys. Uh, good question. I was able to do the, the TV streaming on Saturday where they played a blue-white game in Pikeville. Where And by the way, it was a player's idea to make it a fundraiser for the victims of the flooding in eastern Kentucky. And they raised nice. more than $160,000 for the flood victims. They gave out tons of clothing to people in need. Uh, Sheboy did not play. They keep saying he just had his knee cleaned out. It's minor, but they're talking about maybe him missing at least the two exhibition games. But what that did was that gave other bigs a chance to do more 
like Damian Collins and Ugana Nyenso, who is a just turned 18 year old from Nigeria, who's a seven footer. And uh, you'd love to have his future guys like that. I'll tell you what you're really going to notice guys about this team. They've got two freshman guards in Kaysen Wallace and Chris Livingston who look for all, for lack of a better term, they look like men. They don't look like college freshmen, broad shoulders, muscular, and they play a muscular brand of basketball. Uh, they are really impressive, but they've got a lot of weapons. Calipari is going to have some decisions to make about rotation, about minutes. Uh, there's a kid, a three-star, they took a flyer on him, Adu Thiero, and he was probably the best player in the game because he said to somebody before the game, watch, I'm going to tear this up. Because in practice, he wasn't doing a whole lot. But he came in and decided, I'm going to just play the way I know how to play. And he was outstanding. They got an Illinois State transfer named Antonio Reeves who can fill it up. The kid from Iowa is finally healthy. C.J. Frederick, he's a three-point shooter. Cal Perry's got a lot of weapons. And now you bring back the consensus player of the year and Oscar Sheboy. So this is going to be an interesting, interesting season. Maybe they need to play at Neyland on Saturday. <laughs> they get a crowd. They had a great crowd in Pikeville. Yeah, that is awesome. That is so heartwarming to hear that. Uh, that's terrific. Thank you, as always, for the visit. My pleasure. Anytime, fellas.